Thanks for joining us on West Country Women, the new podcast with Alexis Bowater. Celebrating everybody's business and showcasing women across the West Country region. If you're listening, please follow and rate us five stars. Or if you're watching, make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Produced and supported by Fresh Air Studios. Just introduce yourself to me, please. I am Sarah from Sarah Newbury from the YMCA. What did you win? I won Employee of the Year. So I can't believe it. <laughs> and I'm Fiona Lee and I won the Best Supporting Act. Francesca Hampshire, we won Business Leader of the Year as Peaky Digital. Yeah, we're a digital marketing agency based in Cornwall. Brilliant. Before I say anything else, tell me your memories of the night very quickly. And also, Sarah, what happened to your earrings? Oh, the earrings. <laughs> oh, first of all, the earrings. So first of all, it was an amazing night. Yeah. Yeah. It was just ultimate glitz, glamour, sparkles, everything yeah. that we all wanted it to be, I think, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it had a slight error on stage, but added to the shock that I actually won. When I walked up on stage, my earrings fell out. Just a random act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it happening. You covered yeah, it up you covered really, really well. well. I had to bend down on stage to pick them up. <laughs> Did any of you actually notice that? <laughs> so exciting was that because they were yeah. pure diamond? Oh, I wish they were because they were pure diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just thought you were doing like a little bow or something, you know, just kind of like smooth. Yeah, cuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I fell to my nice. knees in front of you, literally. <laughs> it was a good night. Well, yeah, well, we were really unfortunate that we missed it. Yes, of we course, were, but yeah. it, it looked absolutely incredible yeah, and yeah, you know yeah, yeah. we are really excited you know if we can come back next year or even just as supporters yeah. because it just looked like an absolutely wonderful event we were unfortunate to miss it with children and babies yes. and things like that but yeah it looked like an absolutely wonderful evening full of wonderful inspiring women as well so i think what's nice what you said as well earlier on it's about people that i didn't know was just coming up and congratulating yeah. each other yeah. everybody was just mutually happy for each no, other no, weren't no. they it's really nice and you feel in awe of the other women that have won awards and you think well why have i got this award because there's so many outstanding people in yeah. this room that have done in my opinion, much better things than I've ever mm. achieved. And so when they then come up to you and start talking, you're quite taken aback. You know? yeah. That's my overwhelming memory of it, being taken aback by people coming up to me afterwards and wanting to talk to me. And I actually wanted to talk to them. What's different about these awards for you guys? You've been to plenty over the years. Yeah. I think these awards in particular make you feel so special. Even if it's something quite small you're contributing to society, it is valued. Mm. And that's what I certainly got from it. Yeah, I think I've been blown away by the different types of awards as well. Yeah. Often when you go to awards, things that really stand out as achievements. I think what's nice is the day-to-day -day achievements yes. aren't always recognised. Yeah. So yeah. I think with these awards, the day-to-day -day things that people are doing are recognised as well as those bigger business yeah. achievements as well but with other awards sometimes it's only those bigger ones that are recognized but not day-to-day -day heroes really and mm. when we did like the winner's lunch and things yeah. like that the array of different people that were mm. there for very different reasons different roles that they play in communities and things like that it was really nice to see that that was recognized mm. i think that was the big thing for me i think the awards were needed weren't they as well i think women wanted to be recognized for the efforts and the work mm. that they've been doing in every industry and in everything that we're doing really it's interesting you say that sarah because some of the feedback that we've received is that people were so enthused and relieved and empowered to mm. see a room 
full mm. of women mm-hmm. who were being recognized for what they do in their life. And that, yeah. that room was packed not just with winners, mm-hmm. but with nominees mm, as yeah. well, which that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Which kind of moves into this question of how important do you think is it to still have female role models visible and front and centre in the way that you very much now are because you're award winners? From my perspective, I do a lot of work with young women, as in 16 to 19 year olds, so young girls coming through, going into adulthood. And I think it's really good that they can see now actually real people that they speak to on a daily basis, you know, moving on to success. So they get to hear about these sort of things that are going on. I think young people now, particularly in the areas that we work in, so we work in underdeprived areas, they need inspiration, they need those role models to guide them and sort of show them that actually this is what good that you can do just for yourself but for everybody else as well. Do you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. You don't need to come from a moneyed background or have got a degree to thrive in life. And you've got to have somebody sometimes behind you supporting you and a drive. Mm. But I think if you've got role models like Sarah, who's involved in (laughs) they can see that, you know, particularly if they know your back history. So I was brought up by a very strong woman who brought up three children on her own. And she was ended up being a nursing superintendent of a hospital. And she drove into us the importance of standing on your own two feet, getting an education and do the best you possibly can Mm. and when my mum got on and effectively did very well it was quite unusual back then to be Mm. doing so well as a woman and bringing up three children on her own so that's where my drive comes from but where her drive came from I don't know (laughs) you know your mum was obviously your absolute principal role model and I think that this is an interesting and important conversation to have, particularly yeah. with women, because my sense is that we do need female role models. And whether we know it or not, we will have had one or many. Did you have a female role model? I actually come from a footballing background. I used to play football in what feels like a past life now. As a junior person at primary school, I was the girl playing with all the boys. And what's interesting for me is probably because of that, and I was so interested in football, that most of my football role models were men. And one thing that's lovely to see now is that girls have female football role models. And I think that message kind of goes through all different industries, whether it's sports, whether it's like what Peaky do, where we are a tech company, a digital company, and which is a more male-dominated space. And Natalie does not speak about it as much as she maybe should because, you know, she just cracks on and she's just a brilliant hard worker and thinks nothing of it. But she has done incredibly well to carve out an agency in a more male-dominated space where the majority of agencies are still male-run, male directors. So she's done incredibly well to hold her own in that space. So me growing up, you always say like your mum, absolutely. My mum was a teacher, a nurse. I think she did pretty much everything you know under the sun and help my dad do his business as well which you know is one of those incredible things about women they just can do everything so yeah I think I had multitudes of different role models for different reasons but I think it's so important now and having a young son myself I see how important it is that he sees powerful women that are in these roles that are working hard that are Mm -hmm. holding their own in spaces that are achieving what they want to achieve and it's really important for him as much as it is 
for the ladies as well and those young girls because hopefully they're going to be supporting these yeah. ladies as yeah. well and holding them to yeah look how amazing you know my friend's done or look yeah. how amazing mm-hmm. this person's done and rather than putting any barriers in the way mm-hmm. so I think it is as important now as it was yeah. 15 to 20 years ago to keep having those positive role models and it interests me what you're saying about being into football yes what was the barrier for you to make that your career lots and lots of things so the generation that's probably just started to see that success if you hear their stories are very similar to my own of having to wear boys kits Mm. I was tiny so this huge t-shirt and these huge shorts and it was often passed down from the boys team which as you can imagine teenage boys and teenage girls (laughs) yeah it didn't look great yeah so there were barriers and I think the main thing was people didn't say that that could be a career that was the main thing it's not that people said you can't do it Mm -hmm. but people didn't say you can do it these are your options Mm, this is what you can do this is how you can go down this path yeah and I think that's probably the same for lots of different careers isn't it for maybe ones that women are still trying to fight their way into that it's not that they've been told they can't it's not been told they can so it's interesting isn't it that you went from something you were passionate about where you hadn't been told you can yeah into a career in tech basically yeah where you know famously women are not told they can. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at Peaky Digital, you won Employer of the Year. Yes. Which means that you are doing something different and you're yeah, doing absolutely. something really special. So what is that? Natalie started it, as I say, and the co-director now, India, joined her about six months to a year after that. And we've just really steadily grown the business around core values, which is good communication with people, reaching out to communities, being passionate about working with lots of different businesses. Mm-hmm. We're passionate about the team, which you know, I think is why we won the award. I was the third person to join Peaky. And Natalie's energy, her enthusiasm, her kindness mm-hmm. is just really evident. And I think that's why the team has flourished, because she genuinely cares about the people that work with it's her. It's interesting, though, because you're talking about these sort of so-called soft skills are yes. actually yeah. you know, the hardest and most successful skills that we actually have. Yes, absolutely. It is those core values that really have then inspired the rest of the team as well to follow that lead. It's almost like a gentle leadership, Mm -hmm. but a really powerful one Mm -hmm. because she just naturally sets a really good example that people naturally want to follow. Mm -hmm. And I included when I first started working at Peaky was overwhelmed by how professional she was but also how kind she was how Mm -hmm. empathetic to just people having lives outside of work as well caring about people's mental health but also caring about the clients it's real forward thinking isn't it yeah absolutely she really was you know a trailblazer in that space because like I say it's still quite a male-dominated role and it was off the back of an experience that she had in her previous work Mm -hmm. inspired her to have a completely different type of agency mm. where people did feel cared about and that you weren't just another employee, but you were a vital part of the team. So mm. absolutely, when you look at everything she's achieved, as well as the team that Natalie's built in India as well, you can see why they would have won that award. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because we're starting to talk about really sort of real pivotal moments in mm. people's lives, these sort of Damascian moments when you flip from one thing to another or sliding doors mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. And Fiona, you've kind of had that, didn't mm. you? I remember you referencing this in your speech, which was really powerful and quite emotional on the night, that you went from one thing that absolutely 
inspired you mm. to set up another. Can you tell us a bit more yeah. about that? I worked in Devon and Cornwall Police. I think the total was 23 years, nine months. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to do it. All my family are nurses, cousins are nurses, you know, so it was interesting move as part of the family to join the police. But I always wanted to do it. And I can remember from primary school onwards wanting to do it. It was mm-hmm. one of the things I wanted to do. And when I joined the police, there were only two women accepted in the year in my take-up. What year was that? I joined in 1990. Wow. So there were two of us and we were put on separate training courses. So I went to Champmal as the only female from Devon and Cornwall in my group, the rest of them were men. Very quickly throughout my probation, obviously, became a detective, worked on the child abuse units and mm. things like that. But what I didn't take into account is along the way, it would affect my mental health. Yeah. And so eventually I got pensioned out. It is a job that I absolutely loved. And you are left feeling quite ashamed at the time. It's how I felt at the time, ashamed, because I wanted a career. I didn't want to leave. And then you kind of reflect and say, what else can I do? Why did you feel ashamed of Because I felt weak that it's something out of my control, my mental health, and I felt really weak, and I still don't think it was understood. But it's Um, obviously surprising that you felt like that, doing the job that you did with the people that you were doing it. I mean, think the unthinkable and you're still not there with some of the child abuse cases that I've dealt with. And I used to Mm. respond to adults who had been sexually assaulted as a sexual offences officer. So you would never talk to other people about it because you don't want to cause them trauma as well. So it is think the unthinkable, but it was, and it sounds a bit cheesy, it was a vocation. And I didn't want those skills to go to waste And I would have people who would approach me for advice about domestic abuse or historic child abuse and things like that. And I found I was still giving advice. And then about a year in, I set up my own business, but also was involved in a joint business to do with safeguarding as well. And that's been my passion, really. Now I feel like everything I've learned as a practitioner, I can then impart my knowledge in training or consultancy which is what I do now yeah in an incredibly difficult field yeah a lot of the time things aren't black and white and you're dealing with grey areas you've got Mm. incomplete information so you don't want people to make mistakes so it's all about balance and risk and doing the right thing yeah who comes to you is it people who don't feel they can go to the police people who are confused vulnerable so I can give an example where It was non-recent or historic child abuse and they didn't feel they could go to the police. They didn't want to go to the police. They didn't feel like they would be believed for one reason or another. That's just their words, not mine. And so I gave her the confidence. But the problem was these people that were involved in her abuse were still alive. So then I had to kind of slowly talk to her about the fact that other children are at risk. Mm -hmm. So we did slow baby steps to eventually this person made a complaint and it did end up in court and there was a successful conviction. But it took a long, long time. It was a long road to get to that place. It's particularly hard for you, isn't it? Because you're dealing with very, very vulnerable people. Yes. Clearly, we're having this conversation today, but this is among us. But if you were to try to get a message out to the people you're trying to reach, what would that be? 
you've got to speak to somebody. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the police, reach out to somebody like the NSPCC, Women's Aid. You really have got to speak to somebody because what I've seen is two ends of the spectrum. I've interviewed goodness knows how many children that have been abused and you literally can't put a number on it. But on the other end of the spectrum, I've had to deal with adults who are first time talking about it in their 40s, 50s and 60s. And you can see that whole life timed out where they've got incomplete education, they've not able to hold down stable relationships, they're struggling with parenting, they're struggling with their mental health. You can see the massive impact on their lives. Mm. And for whatever reason, you know, as children, they may not understand what's happening to them, or there may be some barriers to reporting it. And then it has that impact. My feeling about it all, it's all about safeguarding. Mm -hmm. The icing on the cake is actually a conviction. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is keep people safe and well. And if you can get to that point, that's the priority. How do you do that? And do you do that in conjunction with organisations? I mean, you must be dealing with people who are traumatised from early childhood trauma all the time. Yeah, we do a lot of work with young people. Basically, we deal with young children from sort of age of two Mm -hmm. up until the age of 19. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are vulnerable young people. And we hear stories all the time about broken homes and Mm -hmm. people that have been in really bad situations. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a push for more trauma-informed care across the whole of society? Do people understand this? more than when you're talking about you know the icing on the cake being a conviction but actually the foundations of this all being better understanding yeah how do you think you would achieve that not everybody wants their day in court and I think you can't force people into a courtroom I think what a lot of survivors will say I just want to be safe and I don't want anybody else to suffer what I've suffered Mm. And what you need to do is instilling confidence in them, what help and support they can get if they decide to go to court. And what is the benefit of that? And part of that is to prevent abuse to others. Yes. But you don't want to put them on the spot and make them feel guilty either. So Mm -hmm. it's a fine line and it's Mm -hmm. down to what you were saying, good communication skills rather than pointing the finger you've got to do this because it's not fair to other children and things like that you've got to focus on what the benefit is to them as well yeah because you don't want to make them more ill than they already are yeah exactly don't have that guilt complex onto it as well yeah yeah them feel bad about other people we need to deal with their trauma first Mm. you don't want to traumatize them further so you need to make sure they've got those building blocks there to Mm. help them be strong enough to move forward and people can contact you at Safeguarding Co at any time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not there to investigate. No, but you're an ex-detective. Yeah. So you know uh, what you're doing. I know what I'm doing, but what I am there to do is offer advice. And I already do that to corporate businesses, for example, where you mm. provide private consultancy and then what you're doing ultimately is saying well this is a safeguarding issue this is what I would be advising you need Mm -hmm. to do and so you know you will be dealing with young people all the time yeah we deal with mainly 16 to 19 year olds we've got an education provision as part of it but one of the things that the awards have really helped to push forward which has been our personal biggest achievement is the mentoring program as a result of the publicity from the rewards and then the comeback from that is we recognise that a lot of young women, I've same young boys as well, but young women particularly, we did some research and what it came across was that young girls are feeling quite worried about their future. So they're thinking about things like where they're going to go for their career, what yeah. they're going to do. They feel frightened to leave education and go into the big wide world. And I think 
what indicates to us is that although with learning and education, they're learning about their key subjects, what they're not doing is they're not learning these life skills. You said about soft skills earlier yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Young people aren't going into the world of work prepared. What's going on? They've not got the confidence, the knowledge, and I think COVID's got a big part yeah. to play in that. You know, they've not taken part in meaningful encounters with employers and mm. been involved in work experience. So... As a result of the research that we did, we've now launched the largest mentoring programme for young children in the southwest. And a lot of the people involved in West Country Women have now signed up to be mentors to these young people. Yeah, to these young people. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so it just means that these young people who are vulnerable and perhaps don't have those aspirations at the moment. And we talked earlier on about, you know, you had been told about jobs that weren't really available to you not. Yeah. So these young people, by having that meaningful encounter with somebody or some of the women that we've encountered through the process, having that chat with somebody about, you know, this is what you can do, this is what your hopes and dreams are, let's find a way of getting you to where you want to be. Yeah, I would have loved that. When I was a teenager, I would have really yeah. loved somebody talking yeah. to me about my hopes and dreams. And we talk about generations, you know, I'm way older than all of you put together. But certainly when I was 15 years old, you know, what I wanted to do was shut down by my careers advisor who said, you can't do that because it's a boy's job. Yeah. And what worries me is that I think that might still be going on. Yeah, I think it's still underlying, mm. isn't it? It's unconscious yeah. bias. Yeah. Isn't it? This is West Country Women. Thank you for joining us so far. If you want to learn about the awards, our community directory, or this new podcast, please head to westcountrywomen.co.uk. We're on all the social media channels too, at The Women Awards. You can find, follow, and like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and like and subscribe on YouTube. My nephew lived with me for a few years, who is now doing his GCSEs, and... No, he's not. Sorry, he's doing his A-levels. <laughs> Time is going too fast. I have found that I am one of his main people that he comes to to talk about careers. Yeah. Because even now at school, they're not quite getting, unless it's something really standard as a job role, teacher, doctor, and things like that, which is mm. absolutely wonderful. But for him, he wants to go into like maybe engineering, maybe something to do with like Formula One. He's also looking at being a pilot. And that's incredible. He wants to be a pilot. Mm. He has had absolutely no career guidance mm. so far at all. And it's a good school that he goes to. Mm. It's, and this know, is where you're doing, mentoring, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm going to give examples. We had a student who was 17 and it was actually her 17th birthday. And she came into our office, just drops in every now and again to say hello. But she's got a mentor. And she confided in a mentor that on her 17th birthday, she got up, went downstairs on her own. Her mum had gone away uh, um, on her birthday. On her birthday. She sat there on her own on her birthday with no presents to open. But she had a mentor. So her mentor picked on the fact that it was her birthday anyway. So the next time they got together, it's a silly little thing, but her mentor took her to Costa Coffee for coffee and cake. Now, she had never been to Costa Coffee before. But she felt like she was treasured. You know, Nurtured, it's, it's, it's yeah. simple things. But yeah. one of the things that we've noticed up through the mentoring program that is really helping these young people is young people these days can't articulate and can't put into words. If you say to them, tell me about the best things, they will sit there and they'll give you all the bad things that they can do. Okay, I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at that. Mm. But actually, by mentoring somebody, we're letting these people identify what skills they have got and what they're really good at. And yeah. it's building their confidence. You know, they're going into employment now as a result of it. So yeah. it's making a big difference. I think it's really important. I yeah, mean, I think absolutely. it's very underrated. Sarah, we've done a bit on your mentoring already, but you wanted to tell me what it meant to you to win the award. 
Oh, gosh. It was just overwhelming. I think the fact that somebody from another charity nominated me was just incredible. From the moment that email pinged in your inbox and you've been nominated, it's just the best feeling ever. And I do genuinely mean this when I say I did, did not expect to win because there's so many wonderful people yeah. that were nominated throughout the whole process. Yeah. But yeah, I'm 48 years old. It's still nice to make your mum proud, isn't it? You know, <laughs> mum was very proud about it. <laughs> but it's just done so much in terms of, you know, raise the profile of the charity that I work for and giving me amazing confidence you know there were loads of people who'd brought their mums yeah that was 48 years old and I was still saying mum are you proud yeah yeah, she's really proud (laughs) did she say yes she did. Oh, yes. good. Yeah, I, I was texting her on the night under the table, like, Mum, never guess what I've won it. Took a picture of the trophy. <laughs> yeah. It all just kept snowballing from one thing to the momentum kept going and going and going. And it's still going on now. Yeah. So it's been brilliant. That's interesting that you say that because that's part of what we try to do. We try and make people feel special from the first moment that that email lands in their inbox. Yeah. And I know you're all winners. But we kind of hoped that you'd feel like winners from that first moment. But as a West Country Women Awards champion, would you recommend other people getting involved in this awards? Oh, my goodness, without a doubt. I think it's about recognising the people behind the scenes, not prominent figures in society that are out there all the time, but it's the people that are behind the scenes doing all the work, churning all the work yeah. away, that you can just make somebody feel a million dollars, genuinely. So why wouldn't you want to do that? And you looked a million dollars on the night. <laughs> Thanks, you all did, didn't it? It's glamour tack that night. It was great. Sequence. Yeah, Let's everywhere. What do you most love about your role at the YMCA? Tell us that. The fact that, in the morning, I could be doing something like this. Yeah. And then I get back to YMCA now and then I'll have a student where I'll sit and I'll write a CV with them and do some careers provision with them. And then this afternoon, I could be sat in a garden with my elderly group who were working with to combat social isolation and loneliness and having afternoon tea with Thelma, who's 94. So it's just the variation of the incredible people that I meet from all different levels, all different walks of life and feel that I'm making a difference, genuinely making a difference to how they feel. They're not feeling lonely anymore. They're feeling a bit more inspired, aspirational and, you know, yeah, just good. Sounds like a good day to me. It's good. <laughs> and I get paid for it. Yeah, Brilliant. you do. Yeah. <laughs> and challenges and plans for the future. Challenges, I think now, I think we're all experiencing cost of living crisis. Yep. People haven't got so much money to spend, donate to things like charity. Yeah. So that's one of the things I think we'll all be experiencing at some point. The plans for the future, I think, really are to keep riding on the crest of the wave of success at the moment because it's just going so well. The profile's been raised incredibly thanks to the awards and it's making sure that we continue to get our name out there so that we can carry on impacting on everyday people and people Mm. in the community. Brilliant. So very quickly and finally, because you did ask me to ask you this question, what has been your biggest success? Winning the award after being there for just a year was an amazing <laughs> success, completely shocked. But yeah, the biggest success I think really has been creating the impact of bringing so many people together mm-hmm. for a common cause. And that is just through the mentoring programme, mm-hmm. but helping young people to get to where they want to be. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fiona, I know that you wanted me to ask you a bit more about the night. I know you've covered it a little bit, but just describe your experience of the awards last year. I could see on the night, it absolutely blew you away, didn't it? It did. I mean, I was overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm certainly not prepared for it, what to say or anything. And I think what I said on the stage was it almost blurted out. 
that to be recognised for what I've done because I compared myself to others in the room and I still didn't feel that I was worthy of that best supporting act. So that's what knocked me back. And then for these women to come up and talk to me afterwards was the biggest morale booster for me, really, yeah, and confidence yeah. booster for me. And I think the ladies here have already said it was made such a special evening, but yeah. the run-up to it as well, and each stage was oh, I'm in the semi-final now. Oh, yeah. how did that happen? I'm now in the final. And you still feel like I didn't deserve it. They're far better. Women out there are achieving much more than me. Has it sunk in now? It has sunk in. Have you accepted um, it now? Yes. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've established that you've accepted it. You are definitely a winner and you definitely deserve it. What have you been up to since you won that award? I'm driving my own business to make life easier rather than being involved and trying to be involved in two businesses. So running my own business and making some changes. So making sure that I'm not just focusing on training, but the consultancy side of it as well. But things came to a bit of a halt fairly quickly. Like you said about your Sarah, my mum was incredibly proud to find out I had won this award and she was listening to it on Radio Devon the next day. I had to take the award to show her up in Barbastol. <laughs> and she's nearly 86 and I go up there every week to care for her, do her shopping. And then she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was doing end-of-life care for her because no. my previous job was a healthcare assistant with my sister. Things didn't go very well in hospital. So we got her out and so I had to, to a degree, put halt on things to concentrate on end-of-life care and then looking after her in her home. And so I'm just now back up and running again now. So So it kind of brought it to a halt. But it also has been another big driver for me to see how important it is to safeguard adults. And you can see how people's care can be unconsciously neglected because people are so busy in hospitals, they perhaps don't realise people haven't washed or are drinking Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, so I'm driving again with the help of Angie, my marketing lady we're driving it on again yeah yeah but I was still working around it but I wasn't really driving it too much because that was my sole purpose you seem more driven now than ever before more driven because I think I saw it up front so I'm training dignity and care and safeguarding adults and the importance of dignity and care and then I saw it up front perhaps people aren't realising that dignity and care aren't always being met. So I'm now delivering training to a particular hospital at the moment and I talk about that from the personal experience, how quickly people's basic needs cannot be met and you don't realise because it's so busy that people aren't maybe drinking or they're not having a shower or they're not being able to eat their food and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm so sorry. Oh no, and I don't want to bring the atmosphere no, down. No, no, it no. was just for well, me to wide ranging conversations. Yeah, it was well, for no, me it's to about explain. drive, isn't it? Yeah, you know, traumatic experiences in life can be your greatest yeah. drivers, can't they? Yes. And yeah. that lived experience, we're talking yeah. about that lived experience, mm. you have the experience of the thing you're teaching people about. Yes. Haven't yeah. you? And it comes from my police background, so yeah. I can kind of say to people, if you try rewording a question to a child yeah. or shortening a sentence, you're more likely, for example, to get an answer back. I can say, because that's worked for me. Yeah. And that's how I worked when I interviewed children. And the same with basic care of patients that dignity and care is so important 
Yeah. It's really interesting that you're talking about this. This is sort of theme that's been developing about values, about yeah. care, about care for people, about yeah. being reminded about understanding about those soft skills. Yeah. I know that you spoke before about the values of Peaky Digital. Just run me through a few of those that have stood out for you. Yeah, the values you know that we stand by, and I think... It's something that we try and do every day that kind of go into our personal lives as well as our professional lives. And as I said before, you know, it is communication. Yeah. It is things like transparency as well. So we're transparent with the work that we do. We're transparent with our clients. You know, for our clients, like your businesses are, mm-hmm. they're everything to them. They, as Natalie and India's, this business is their baby. Yeah. Lots of other people's businesses mean the world to them. So transparency is really important for us because we want to, really get involved with those people that run that business and really know what their aims are and what their goals are and being honest and transparent how we think they can do that and if that isn't with us you know we're transparent with that if we think actually there's different angles that you may need to go down before you work with us or we really do strive to be honest yeah and we offer a lot of different things at Peaky we're a full kind of digital marketing agency but we really are proud of the fact that we take into consideration lots of different things when we talk to people you know their budgets their type of business that they are products they are and things like that so we really understand what they might need from us rather Mm. than just trying to sell them a package of marketing that doesn't actually work for them you know we're really proud of the fact that we almost feel like people's marketing team you know an in-house team that's why they enjoy working with Peaky because you're winners that's why you're awarded yeah absolutely Um, you've just launched your own podcast haven't you how are they going it's going well is it going well it's going yeah yeah so we launched about a month and a half ago and we're doing a kind of series it's not like a weekly we've kind of got a series of ones that we've recorded and it's with all different like business leaders different people in their specialisms lots of different people and we've really loved it actually you know we're sat at our desks on a more daily basis and only speaking to each other so it's nice to bring someone else in from another business and things like that and learn about their business and they can share their expertise and yeah it's been fantastic so far and hopefully everyone has enjoyed listening to it and it's not all (laughs) just about digital marketing it's about branding it's about social media it's about business so there's lots of different angles that we quite fun. it's quite fun doing yeah, podcasts absolutely. Yeah. Yes. and it's not yeah. intimidating at all and no, nobody's nervous anymore no Sarah 12 mm-hmm. year old Sarah yes what advice would you give her I would say to her now, perhaps don't worry so much about what everyone thinks about you. I think that's a big thing, you know. Five-year-old Sarah was worrying all the time about that. And don't be frightened anymore. Don't be frightened to just go for it. If you want to do it, just do it. Fiona, what would you say to 12-year-old Fiona? With what Sarah has said, don't be put off by what you want to do and don't worry about it so much. Mm. Just believe in yourself. Um, 12-year-old Francesca I'd is going to hear these words. <laughs> what would you say to her? I'd probably have three different things. I think ask more questions, yep. learn more about everything and pick the brains of the people around you because you probably have some fantastic people around you that mm-hmm. you can ask lots of questions and don't be afraid to kick more doors down and don't be afraid to take up space mm-hmm. and kind of get your voice heard a bit more so I think I was that's a good one I like yeah, that one I like yeah that. I like that one and what's the book that you would pay it forward to anybody fun and not fun fiction and fact there's a book that I've just read and it is as I say my background is sport we're a very sporty family and my son's very much into sports so we'll talk about this one 
And it's called Champion Minded uh-huh. by Alistair McCaw, who is a motivational speaker. And it's an incredible book, actually, for children, but also for adults as well. I find myself like, we'll read, me and my son will read it together. And there's bits from it that I will take into the day. And it's just about having a positive mindset, how to challenge, you know, certain situations, how to deal with certain situations how to live your life in a more positive way and mm-hmm. how to take positives from each different circumstance that you come to. And that's a fantastic book. And it's set out in a way that you can just read a small chapter or a small section and take one bit of advice from it for the day or yeah. just really settles your mind. My son's 13, so as you can imagine, there's lots of yeah. thoughts and there's lots mm-hmm. of things that they have to deal with on a daily basis there's a section about being nervous so if you're nervous about something there's a section on it where it just tells you how to deal with those nerves whether mm-hmm. it's like breathing techniques or things like that and that's a fantastic book so that would be my recommendation Piano, i'm ashamed to say it, i only read when i'm on holiday <laughs> and they've been a bit scarce recently so this is where i need to change the way i work yeah. is what i read is what i'm researching for oh that's uh, fair enough for yeah. my business so yeah. by the time i get to bed so you're uh, fact-based yeah it's all fact-based <laughs> if i am reading it's always crime thrillers yeah. Come on, I can see you've been really thinking I about this. I have been really thinking about it. <laughs> Oddly enough, I met this lady about two weeks ago for the first time in a meeting. So there's a lady called Cindy Wilcox. She's quite oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Cindy. Yeah, yeah, so she, she wrote a book about, she's a local lady, yeah. but she's written a book, Draw, Draw a Heart Around, around it. it, which is about her experiences, you know, a lot to do with care as well. Yeah. She was a previous nurse. But just any book, really, that will just make you feel hopeful. Yeah. I believe in reading happy books. Yeah. You know, so a bit like you, a bit of a romance as well. But I like to read a book that you put it down, and you think, yeah, that makes me happy inside. I love that. Right. I've jotted them all down. We've got a final little job for everyone to do. Take a question out the pot. Okay. And then ask somebody around the table. Okay. Go, Sarah. Is this to you? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to live in a video game, which one would it be? Oh. <laughs> I'm not very good on these video games. I've never really got into computer games. It was because I knew that I would be addicted to them instantaneously. (laughs) I would spend my whole life playing them. So I don't really know any apart from the originals. And the one that I probably would get stuck in is the one that they made that film about, you know, the Donkey Kong one, where you go along and you jump over flaming barrels (laughs) and you do that. So it's simple enough, right, for me to understand it, but fun enough for me to think that I'm doing something. It's the jumping over flaming barrels. It's kind of the story of my life. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So thank you very much. Well, I've got my questions out of the way. What's your guilty pleasure? Oh, my guilty pleasure. I think anything sort of watery based in that I think I secretly always would have liked to have been a mermaid but never had the time. And also that I have a slight problem in that I don't like cold water. But whenever I have enough free time to do stuff like paddleboarding, so stand-up paddleboarding I learnt later in life and things like sailing I always wanted to learn to sail and I'd never done that but a month ago I went off and I learned how to sail so I'm now in competent crew there's a certificate that says competent crew I know the truth 
And so would anyone if they let me on their boat. Uh, So please, yeah, if anyone wants to let me on the boat and make me more competent, that would be great. So that is my guilty pleasure. So my question is quite similar to the one you've just... doesn't um, have to be to me, just, you know. You yeah, can just, so, yeah. so I'm not going to ask hey. you this one. I'm going to pass it over to both of you. What are you passionate about outside of work? Mine's sport, and it drives my husband up the wall because I'll do step aerobics, aerobics, golf. It just goes on and on. I can't help myself. Oh, I've got to say, I'm a bit of a social organiser. So mm-hmm. in where I live... I am the person really? that will organise the street party or yeah, the street get together. <laughs> and then even in my group of friends, I'm like the group organiser. So it's like, right, when we get into, no, we are getting together at this date. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. So yeah, I am the social event organiser. What about you? Sport is, is sport, sport, yeah, sport. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I do have a creative background, which is why I ended yeah. up in digital marketing as well. So I do on occasion still get my paints out because after school, I went to Leeds College of Art and Design, which is where I got my love of marketing and all of those bits so yeah and that is like a nice therapy for me as yeah well, i bet so. relaxing yeah. Yeah. Well, that's lovely to know but we've come to the end Relaxed. what i'd like to say is thank you for doing this thank you for sharing your public lives and your secret lives and congratulations as well on being west country women awards winners thank you would you suggest to anybody that they get involved in this oh absolutely Absolutely. and that's either way through nominating somebody or being involved in any way that you can if you can just Mm. make somebody feel a fraction of how brilliant we're all feeling then yeah yeah, Yeah, absolutely absolutely. yeah just to be an ambassador of it be someone who shares about it on social media or like you say get involved vote for somebody absolutely it's been brilliant well i'm really really grateful for your time this morning it's been lovely seeing you you very much thanks Um, a lot and let's go and have a cup of coffee. If you want to find out more about the West Country Women Awards or nominate someone for next year's ceremony, visit westcountrywomenawards.co.uk. The West Country Women Podcast was presented by Alexis Bowater. Copyright West Country Women Awards CIC. Produced and supported by Fresh Air Studios.